you know what time it is? Time for more football reaction. That's not good enough. Time to hear from one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game. I think he's a bomb. I think he's an absolute bomb. Time to crack open a high noon. This is the High Noon Hour on 100.5 ESPN and Wisconsin On Demand. Oh, yeah! From the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios, here's Alex Strofe. Yeah, one of the biggest Mondays I remember in recent memory. Packers win over the Chicago Bears, become the winningest franchise in regular season history in the National Football League. Good for the Packers, big win. We'll get into that over the course of the next hour. Quiet weekend in Madison. Ah, not so much. Loud weekend in Madison. Got plenty to get to on the Badgers football front. We'll talk Badgers basketball a little bit later with our resident Marquette fan, Hunter Vaughn, who's running the show. I was there, too. My name is Alex Strofe with you from the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios. Get in on the show. 844-770-3776 is the old National Bank talking text line. I will be asking you about Aaron Rodgers. I will be asking you about the Packers. But first, I will be asking you about the Wisconsin football team. As we do, we dive into the first three things. These are the first three things. First things first. How do I say goodbye? Oh man. In memoriam on this Monday, December 5th, we say goodbye to the Kansas Cannon with a K. To the quarterback of the Wisconsin football team the last three years, number five, Graham Mertz. Announced last night to the surprise of nobody, Graham Mertz has entered the transfer portal in pursuit of his next opportunity. He enters with two years of eligibility remaining, and the Badgers are in need of a new quarterback. Man, this I've got mixed emotions on this move. Uh, obviously, Graham Mertz, I, I hate to say it because I like Graham. I really do. Nice nice guy. Always says the right things, it seems, in the public eye. But he's the most disappointing recruit in recent memory. There's a lot of hype behind Graham Mertz, especially after that five-touchdown game, that first five-touchdown game. He ended up with two of them, but the first one against Illinois a few years back. Everybody thought this guy was going to be better than Russell Wilson. Better than Scott Tolzane. Better than Joel Stave. And he was never better than any of those guys. Yet a heck of a lot more disappointing. But I will say this. I say this often in the National Football League in the NFL. And I'll say it again here. I do believe a change of scenery can be good. For both parties in this case. And I wish Graham Mertz nothing but the best. But Graham Mertz out as the quarterback of the University of Wisconsin. Is what it is. It is what it is. It's disappointing, really. I mean, obviously you wanted it to work out, but with all the uncertainty and all the changes happening in Madison in the last couple of weeks, can't blame the guy. Can't blame the guy. He didn't have a spot. Um, You knew for a fact Luke Fickle, the brand-new head coach of the Wisconsin Badgers, is going to go either A, external, or B, bring in somebody from Cincinnati, which I guess can be viewed as external as well, but uh, more of a move that would be. 
this is disappointing all around, but but wish Graham Mertz the best of luck. But he is out. He won't play in the bowl game for the Badgers. So what do the Badgers do at quarterback in the bowl game is the question. I'm voting Miles Burkett, baby. I want to see the freshman. That is correct. Burkett from Franklin High School uh, in the Milwaukee area. Won a state title game on Camp Randall Stadium last year. Um, he's appeared in, I believe, two games this year. The bowl game would be his third. If you appear in four or more, you lose the opportunity to redshirt. So Miles Burkett could play the entirety of the guaranteed rate bowl on December 27th and still keep his redshirt. Come on. That's a pretty sexy idea right there. I'd love to see what Miles Burkett, like almost in the same light as Jordan Love, right? It's like, okay, not maybe not to the same degree as Jordan Love has been with the Packers for three years. But it's like, hey, in-state kid, what are we having him? That's where my vote goes. I'd love to see Miles Burkett in the guaranteed rate bowl. Uh, but Graham Ertz out as the, as the Badgers quarterback after three years as the starter. It's too bad, but... Hopefully a change of scenery is good for both sides. The second thing. The second thing is the soap opera that occurred over the weekend. And it's been the soap opera that's been occurring for at least eight days now. That would be the curious, mysterious case of Jimmy Leonard. Reported Saturday... Shortly before tip-off, before Wisconsin and Marquette men's basketball over in Milwaukee, that Jim Leonard would be returning as the defensive, likely as the defensive coordinator, but would be returning to Madison in 2023. We find out yesterday when new head coach Luke Fickle meets with the media following the announcement the Badgers will play in the guaranteed rate bowl. He says, yeah, Jim hasn't made a decision yet, but we've had several conversations But he hasn't made a decision yet. So the report that came out on Saturday and set the internet ablaze proves to not be true. It could be true, but it's not true yet. Which means the guy who reported said thing about Jim Leonard has now gotten two things in a a row wrong. Two weeks straight about Jim Leonard. Initially reported he'd get the job too. That didn't happen. So... A, trust your source when, when reading into these things. But B, you've got you've to understand the circumstances when it comes to Jim Leonard, right? Jim Leonard was passed over for the job. Does he want to go back to being the defensive coordinator? Does he want to be an assistant head coach? What power imbalance does that lead to in the locker room? There's a lot of unanswered questions when it comes to Jim Leonard. And though we thought we had an answer on Saturday, that answer does not prove true. But what we do know to be true is that Jim Leonard will coach in the bowl game on December 27th. But we know nothing after that. We can all pray, cross our fingers, and plead that Jim Leonard comes back to Madison. Because, obviously, that'd be a home run move. But, it's reported Luke Fickle wants to bring his def- co-defensive coordinator and Mike Tressel from Cincinnati to Madison. Jim Leonard, Luke Fickle don't exactly share ideology when it comes to defensive units and defensive schemes, right? Like they're they're both defensive-minded coaches, and while they're both brilliant, again, what power imbalance? Who do we trust more? It's just odd. It doesn't make a ton of sense to me, but I'd love to see it. I'd love to see them figure it out. 
But there's a lot of questions that remain unanswered with Jim Leonard, and it has turned into a full-blown soap opera. Like, ABC should be calling Jim Leonard, Luke Fickle, and said reporter in the days of our lives. As time moves through the hourglass, these are the decisions that mull over Jim Leonard's head. The final thing. Three, that's the magic number. Three. It's the magic number. So the guaranteed rate bowl it is. December 27th, Wisconsin will take on Oklahoma State in Phoenix, Arizona. Get a nap in that Tuesday after Christmas as it is a 9.15 p.m. kickoff local time. Whew. Hey, Hunter, I don't know. You and I obviously both on ESPN Wisconsin College Game Day, which you hear before and after every Badgers game. I have not heard any news, but what time would our – post-game show theoretically end that night like 3 a.m yeah we'd be pushing that probably 3 a.m time slot and what's interesting too the game i'm pretty sure is on espn tv maybe espn radio national carries it my my understanding is yes that game will also be on 100.5 espn Ooh, we could do a full broadcast with that that'd be a fun night i'm just saying just saying, and I, I like my late nights. We've talked about that before. So, uh, but th- this bowl game is interesting to me because as as we just talk about Jim Leonard and Luke Fickle and, and both of those guys intending to be on the coaching staff for that game on on December twenty seventh. Again, I just I, it goes back to the power dynamic. So I heard an interesting stat over the weekend, and that is that it's not often a new head coach comes in and coaches the bowl game, right? Like Deion Sanders stole the weekend. He was hired at the University of Colorado who only won one game, so they're not in a bowl game to begin with. But he continued to tell his players as he met with them for the first time, I've got unfinished business. I need to go win a bowl game with Jackson State. I need to go win a championship with Jackson State. So Deion Sanders, yes, he's the head coach of Colorado, but he's waiting a bit to go start his bowl ga- or his uh, new preparations for that job. Whereas Luke Fickle, Cincinnati, did qualify for a bowl game. He will not be coaching in that. He'll be coaching for Wisconsin, whether that's the head coaching role or as he continues the joke with the punters. Punters are people too, Luke. Get that in your mind. Yeah. Yeah. Tell them. I I, I heard over the weekend that only like six, and I, I don't have the exact stat in front of me, but only like six coaches have coached their new team in a bowl game since like 95, like the last 20 plus years, almost 30 years. This doesn't happen often. It's happened, but obviously this will be the first time it happens at the University of Wisconsin because the last two times the Badgers found themselves in a scenario like that, they had uh, old trusty in the back pocket, who you may know by the name of Barry Alvarez, who came out of retirement to coach. They don't have that option this year. So Luke Fickle will be on staff. Jim Leonard will be on staff, as will Bobby Ingram. Who's going to coach the offensive line as Bob Bostad took the job at Indiana? So there is a lot of, I, I use the term unanswered questions. Those remain here in, in the bowl game. I like that Luke Fickle's taking charge and saying, yes, I want to be a part of this. I want to learn the players. I want to understand these guys. I want to, I want to see them on the sideline. In game. I get that. I, I understand his stance on things. And, I, and I, I do appreciate the respect he's showing to Jim Leonard and the current staff by saying, hey, I just want to be a part of it. But again, it's 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 like the who's the head coach right now? Are you are you taking Jimmy's advice if you're a player? Or are you taking Luke Fickle's advice? I, I, it just it's confusing to me, and ultimately it leads to a harder decision when it comes to Jim Leonard. So um, I'm intrigued. 
I'm confused. The drama continues. But the guaranteed rate bowl it is for the Wisconsin Badgers. Uh, just about three weeks from tomorrow. 9.15 p.m. kickoff. Woof. This whole Wisconsin Badgers news breaking, by the way. What is it with Sundays in the Badgers football team? Bowl game this week, Luke Fickle last week, back on October 2nd, Paul Christ was fired. And this all happens during Packers games every week, it seems. It wasn't last week because the Packers played the Sunday night spot, but the bowl game was announced during the Packers game. Luke Fickle was announced shortly before NFL football kicked off last week. I, I don't know. What is it with Sundays in the Badgers football? Anyway, that's totally beside the point. I'm confused. We're all confused. What's your take on the, the whole bowl situation? What's your take on the Jimmy Leonard drama? Would love to hear from you on it. 844-770-3776 is the old National Bank talking text line. That's your way into the show. Should Jimmy stay or should he go? What do you, what's your take on it? 844-770-3776 is your way in to the high noon hour. I'm Alex Strofe. Hunter Vaughn with us as well from the Park Bank ESPN Madison studio. So our first three things today, just to recap. Number one, Graham Mertz, sayonara. It's so hard to say goodbye, Boys to Men says. Remember when Boys to Men played at uh, Bree Stevens earlier this year? Oh, yeah, that's right. They did. They opened for Lady A, yeah, for the AmFam Championship concert. So it is so hard. It's not that hard to say goodbye. We all saw this coming, right? Hunter, you saw merch, merch transferring coming? Yeah, as soon as Chris was fired, I was like, yep, he's gone. So let me ask you this. What would surprise you more, Jim Leonard staying on staff or, or Graham Mertz staying as the quarterback? Which one would have surprised you more? Graham Mertz staying. I agree. I agree with you on that. Um, even though Jim Leonard staying will surprise me. And again, we need to reiterate, that news that came out on Saturday isn't true. At least as of now. There's still a possibility that happens. But Luke Fickle said yesterday to the media, that's a source I trust, that Jim has not made a decision yet. And that he'd like him to stay around. But there's other decisions to be had. Luke Fickle also, this, the, uh, the Graham Mertz news broke just before his press conference, uh, which he did in the passenger seat of his car, by the way. Um, but he said he wanted Graham to see it through, at least for the rest of the season. Um, and he talked to his family as well, but... Ultimately, he respects his decision to enter the transfer portal. And, and the final thing uh, here on the first three things is uh, there's dramatics and fireworks going into this bowl game, right? I mean, look at the quarterback position. Look at the Jim Leonard, Willie Wonty. What's Luke Fickle going to do? So there is no shortage of uh, things to talk about when it comes to the Wisconsin football team. But as we talked about last week, Connor, this is an exciting era. Right, I mean, you, you told me last week, this is the most excited you've ever been as a Wisconsin football fan just because Luke Fickle is such a sexy hire. And now you look, we're a week, we're a week removed, still a lot of unanswered questions. Hopefully we, we get more clarity as we lead up to the bowl game, like I said, three weeks from tomorrow. It is the high noon hour. We'd love to hear your take on Jim Leonard, Luke Fickle, Graham Mertz, anything Wisconsin Badgers related as they again dominate the Sunday headlines. 844-770-3776. We'll get to your reactions, your responses next. But we've also got to talk about mutual desire. It's an intriguing tease, isn't it? We'll talk about the Packers win over the Bears next and Aaron Rodgers. Again, another Willie Wonty situation. That's all still ahead. We're with you till 1 o'clock. It's the High Noon Hour right here on ESPN Madison. More football reactions, more High Noon. The High Noon Hour with Alex Strofe continues next on 100.5 ESPN and Wisconsin On Demand. Fields, oh, what a move to move past Nixon. And Justin Fields ahead of the field and gone. What a run. I don't know what Hunter Vaughn's doing. 
this this afternoon. Um, but yeah, Justin Fields ran for a fifty yard touchdown, fifty plus yard touchdown, uh, and we get to relive that pain. But hey, the Packers figured it out as they beat the Chicago Bears last night to move to uh, what does that make them five and eight on the season? Yep. We'll talk about their playoff chances. We're going to have to uh, at some point over the course of the next hour. But I, I really want to dive into Aaron Rodgers um, and some of his comments because they're bothering me. i got to be honest with you. We've been through the song and dance before. Um, but Aaron Rodgers always, always calculated, isn't he? Always a very, uh, always a very calculated. Um, hold on a minute. I, I'm sorry. I just got distracted. You know me, ADD. I'm reading Twitter. And uh, why this, are you on Twitter during the show? Because I'm you, me. You, you know, know better. you know me. It's the cesspool. I love it. Um, Brett McMurphy, who covers college football, does a really good job. Uh, you know, he's he's got really good sources um, out there, and he tweeted this last night. But I'm just seeing this now. <laughs> North Texas. Did you see this? Yeah, they fired their coach, <laughs> yeah. even though they're in the conference title yeah, game. Yeah. Well, yes, but did you did you see this? Who they're targeting? No. <laughs> North. Texas targets their next coach, or for their next head coach, are the following. I'm not kidding. This is Brett McMurphy, real account. Nick Saban. Okay. Kirby Smart. Yeah. Lincoln Riley. Jim Harbaugh or Ryan Day. Go big or go home. So just to reiterate, that is the head coach of Alabama, the head coach of Georgia, the head coach of USC, the head coach of Michigan, and the head coach of Ohio State. North Texas is right on par with them. That is like me targeting Kim Kardashian to be my next girlfriend. That is like me. It's like me targeting get up on ESPN TV as my next job. Like not realistic. What what the hell are we doing, North Texas? I love I love the cojones on their athletic director, whoever le- leaked this. But what? This cannot be real. I mean, this is this is unbelievable. Wow. Anyway, sorry to derail us there. What the hell was that? Um, speaking of what the hell was that, let's talk about Aaron Rodgers, who, as always, is calculated. Um, so I want to hear two different pieces of audio, essentially answering the same question, but two different scenarios last night. First, let's go on the field immediately following the game. Uh, yep. Uh, he, uh, I take that back. We'll go to the press conference first. Um, as Aaron Rodgers asked essentially what it means to play in Chicago and what it means to beat the Bears. Aaron Rodgers says, you never know when it's going to be your last time playing at a place. I've had a lot of great moments in this place. And uh, as much as uh, the fans uh, don't really like me, uh, I do have respect for the city of Chicago and, and they're great sports fans here. You never know when it'll be your last one, says Aaron Rodgers after the game. That's in his press conference with more reporters. Now, a little bit earlier, as he's on the field after the game, he talks with Fox. I, I don't remember who the sideline reporter was yesterday. Uh, but but uh, he tells her this. Well, you never know when it's going to be your last one. Oh. Uh, you know, they got great fans here in Chicago, but it truly has been a second home for me. We've had a lot of big wins here over the years, a lot of great moments uh, with Cobby and with so many other guys over the years. So it's fun to come back here, get a win, and uh, let the fans know I'm still here. You never know when it'll be your last one. So he says that in two different scenarios yesterday, which I find super, super calculated, right? I mean, he knew how he was going to answer those questions if he's using them multiple times, right? And you'll notice a trend throughout the last week. He has said how much he watched WGN growing up and how much he respects the Chicago sports fans. And his answers have just become the same when it comes to Chicago. But he said both times, you never know 
when it'll be your last one, um, which makes me lead to believe that Aaron Rodgers does likely know when it'll be his last one because he's been thinking about retirement for the last two years. So on that note, great follow-up question here was, hey, as you see the emergence of Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs, does that play into your decision to return next year at all? And Aaron Rodgers says. It's a rapid, wild development that it's hard to think about. I'm Christian Watson here. goes from uh, being kind of um, here and there, minimal production to go-to type player, uh, home run player. I mean, he had two... You know, what, 60-plus yard touchdowns, it seems like, uh, last week, catch and run on a short one, and then end around. Uh, pretty special. So it all factor into it, but uh, there's got to be mutual uh, desire on both sides. Huh? Can we hear that last part again, Hunter? There, there's got to be what? There's got to be mutual uh, desire on both sides. One more time. There's got to be mutual uh, desire on both sides. So, Aaron Rodgers understands he is set to make $50 million next year, correct? I I believe that would go ahead and and hamstring the organization to saying, yes, we're going to want you back. Because even if they are to release him or if he's to retire, the Packers still owe Aaron Rodgers a lot of money next year. There's going to be mutual – hold on, let me rephrase. There will be desire from one side, for sure. The Green Bay Packers will desire – to have the quarterback to owe, they owe $50 million under center next year. I know there's going to be desire from the Packers. I know there is. There has to be, given the financial implications of that. So by saying this... There's got to be mutual uh, desire on both sides. Is Aaron Rodgers indicating that he might not desire to play another year? And as he goes around on the media circus by saying... You never know when it'll be your last one. I can't believe I'm about to say this because I wouldn't have said this a week ago. I'm starting to think Aaron Rodgers is going to retire. Because why else? Why else? And we know Aaron Rodgers loves attention. And we know he loves when us in the media read the tea leaves, right? Try to dissect what he's saying, which of course I'm going to do this stupid song and dance again of overanalyzing something Aaron Rodgers says. But when you say this, there's got to be mutual uh, desire on both sides. That leads me to believe that Aaron Rodgers knows what he's saying. He knows he's owed over $50 million from the franchise next year. He knows that he's the starting quarterback as long as he wants to play, given the contract they just negotiated, what, six months ago, seven months ago. Aaron Rodgers knows what he's doing when he says this. So is this him letting us down easy by saying, yes, this was my last game in Chicago? Because obviously the Bears aren't making the playoffs, and we probably aren't making the playoffs. Like, I don't understand the mindset of, of going into two different interview scenarios within about a half an hour of one another and giving the same answer, which is, you never know when it'll be your last one. You remember when he's asked about wanting to return next year, just seeing the development of Christian Watson and obviously the flashes you've seen from Romeo Dobbs. And, and we didn't hear this in his answer, but he said something along the lines of, if I would have returned to Cal for one more year, I would have played with Marshawn Lynch and Deshaun Jackson. And I don't regret it because it's worked out all right, but I would have played with those guys. So I, I, I don't know what he's doing here. I almost read this as, especially the referencing Deshaun Jackson, as you guys are so lucky to have me. I don't regret it, though, but you're lucky to have me. 
and now in the off season i'm going to kind of try and force a trade but it's it's not on me it's on the front office because there's no He's they don't want me around here. i i just i mean yeah will a team pick it up sure i'm sure there's a team that would be willing to pick it up but it's just like such a massive contract what does the haul for Aaron Rodgers look like and it's probably one year of them if we're being honest uh given the way he's talking like i don't expect him to play more than another year but just really odd, especially to go into the bye week, because we have to sit with this. Jason Wilde mentioned it earlier on Wilde and Tausch. We will not hear from Aaron Rodgers unless he goes on the Pat McAfee show tomorrow, which he might. We're not scheduled to hear from Aaron Rodgers, at least from a uh, Wisconsin standpoint, until next Wednesday. So December 14th will be the next time we hear from Aaron Rodgers, at least as it's scheduled. Now, will he go on Pat McAfee on one of the next two Tuesdays? I would assume so. And I hope... I doubt Pat McAfee will, but I hope A.J. Hawk asks about this comment again that I'm going to make you listen to one more time because it's bothered me for the last uh, 24 hours or so. There's got to be mutual uh, desire on both sides. Is Aaron Rodgers going to retire? Do you think Aaron Rodgers is going to retire? Let's do this. Give me a percentage of what you think the percentage Aaron Rodgers retires is. I'm at like 49%. That he retires, fifty-one percent he returns. I am completely split all of a sudden. Um, That's far lower than I was expecting. Yeah, I I struggle with it, right? Because the contract tells me one thing, but Aaron Rodgers' calculated verbiage and mindset tells me another thing. And I guess the lesson here is. Don't listen to Aaron Rodgers as much as I do, right? Like, I listen to everything he says, whether it's on the Pat McAfee show or whether it's in his weekly press conferences on Wednesdays or whether it's after games. You know, I, he talks about ayahuasca. Yeah, right. When he, when he does a three-hour podcast with Joe Rogan, right? Like, And I did listen to all of that because it is partially my job to know what Aaron Rodgers is saying. He's the most polarizing athlete, period, right now, to be real honest with you. I can't think of a more polarizing athlete. So... When I when I think about Aaron Rodgers saying what, what we've just heard him say a hundred times, I just th- there has to be a reason, and the guy doesn't need leverage anymore. He's he has it. He wanted leverage two years ago, but he has it now. So for him to come out and say twice to two different in two different settings, you never know when it'll be your last one. He has the emotional salute at the end of the game, and then one more time, Hunter. He says this at the end of an answer about returning next year. There's got to be mutual uh, desire on both sides. I just don't know what he wants. So I'm starting to lean that I think Aaron Rodgers is leaning toward retirement. But again, the competitor we know Aaron Rodgers at, I just have a hard time believing he goes out on a year like this where they're not going to make the playoffs. So give me a percentage of how much, how likely you think it is Aaron Rodgers retires. One to a 100%. 844-770-3776. Just text those in for me. It could be 65%. It could be 75%. And if you want to give your reasoning, feel free. But all I really need is a percentage. I'm curious to hear what you think. 844-770-3776. Hunter, before we go to break, what is your percentage? Aaron Rodgers retires this offseason. I'm at 60%. I just think... So you think it's done? Yeah. I, uh, I honestly feel like he is just mentally beat down from this year. Now, it could swing the other way once he gets an offseason, gets away from the team for a while. Now he's just kind of mentally done. Okay. I, I respect the answer. I appreciate the insight. We'd love to hear from you now. 844-770-3776. What percentage do you believe Aaron Rodgers retires 
this offseason. It is the high noon hour here on ESPN Madison with you to one o'clock today. We are, of course, brought to you by our friends at High Noon Seltzers, which are made with real vodka, real juice, and sparkling water for 100% calories, 100 calories, rather. Uh, I'm, I'm in the percentage mindset. High Noon's packed with 100 calories of easy drinking and take anywhere deliciousness. With no sugar added and always gluten-free, you cannot go wrong with High Noon. Try all of their 13 different sun-soaked flavors available in Tailgate, Tropical 8 Packs, and Variety 8 or 12 Packs, and you can find high noon at your favorite grocery or liquor store and they've got the four packs of individual flavors oh man the high noon was going down good this weekend pineapple high noon i cannot get sick of it i've I've learned that about the pineapple high noon it is that good i cannot i i I just don't get sick of it it's so tasty it's refreshing it's delicious high noon favorite grocery store favorite liquor store you can find it pretty much anywhere go drink high noon try it out let me know what you think if you've never had it before I highly, highly recommend it's the best seltzer out there, especially the pineapple. I'm not a big pineapple guy. Pineapple high noon seltzer, mm-mm, it is the best. You must be 21 years or older to enjoy high noon seltzers. All right, we'll continue to talk percentage marks. I've got another thought on Graham Mertz, and we'll go around the National Football League. We'll do some NFL quick hits. That's all still ahead. It's the high noon hour right here on 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app in Wisconsin. There's got to be mutual uh, desire on both sides. You're listening to the High Noon Hour with Alex Strofe on 100.5 ESPN and Wisconsin On Demand. Join the show on the Old National Bank talk and text line, Packers win. Badgers say goodbye. Adios to Graham Mertz as Luke Fickle's era begins. A lot to talk about on this Monday in only an hour. Good news for you as I'm with you until 4 o'clock today. Jim Rutledge will join us, obviously, for Rutledge and Hamilton uh, beginning at 1 o'clock. All right, getting to some of your answers now on the Old National Bank text line. A 608 number chimes in on the Aaron Rodgers debate. I'm asking you what percentage of you believes Aaron Rodgers will retire at the end of the season. Um, 608 says 33.3333333%. So exactly one-third. He believes two-thirds, or she believes two-thirds, that Aaron Rodgers will be back in 2023. 608, the exact opposite, says 65% chance Rodgers retires. His ego may bring him back, though. He does love the spotlight. I remember a certain quarterback who played before Aaron Rodgers. Uh, that uh, couldn't make up his mind when it came to retirement. Uh, yeah, we know who we're talking about. And uh, it's starting to seem more and more every year, like Aaron Rodgers is starting to turn into said guy. Uh, it's so similar. Isn't it's it? It's creeping me out. Yeah, and you got the whole Jordan Love angle, right? The first round quarter. Like, it's just, it's, it's strange. And, and as, as different as this is, um, it is, you know, there, there are a lot of similarities. And then 414 chimes in. I have no names for any of these people. Text in your name and your city for me. First name and your city for me if you, if you text it in. This 414 number says, Gentlemen, I truly believe that part of his definition of desire from the Packers would be a willingness to go all in and have one year at the end of all in to get the most out of him. The question is, are the Packers willing to show that kind of desire? I'm not so sure. That's a good point, right, from the 414. I, I struggle with this. Because what is all in to you, right? And I think that's so subjective. Because I would go ahead and debate that 2021, last year, 
was an all-in year of sorts. Now, did it work out? Obviously not. But what what would you want to see, right? Do you want an Odell Beckham Jr. splash? Do you want to trade? I mean, what, what defines all-in? Now, look, the roster around Aaron Rodgers here in 2022, especially the ones that have been on the field, which is not everybody, has not been a, a Super Bowl team. I mean, that's just very evident through now 13 games. But what uh, from this roster rolls over, and then what do you do externally that makes it an all-in year? So I, I, it's so subjective, and I understand your point, 414, and I, and I think Aaron does believe that too. But now that you have Christian Watson developing into what looks like a superstar, I mean, there's no doubt about that with Christian Watson. Two more touchdowns again yesterday. He has absolutely superstar potential. Romeo Dobbs, right? What, what, what does year two look like for Dobbs? Because he's shown some really nice flashes. Alan Lazard will likely... Or could be, I guess, would be uh, could be around next year. Is it is it signing a wide receiver? Is it trading Aaron Jones? So you open some cap room, or, or cutting Aaron Jones at that? So you open some cap room. So there's a lot of questions of what exactly going all in is. But that's a really good point from the four one four. Appreciate you listening here on the High Noon Hour. I'm Alex Strove, Hunter Vaughn, running the show for us. Uh, we we usually do this every week, but uh, the Badgers have owned the Mondays the last couple weeks. But I do want to go around the NFL now, Hunter. It's time for NFL Quick Hits. Who stood out? Yes. What are they going to roll it? He caught it. Touchdown. <laughs> he did what? Who stunk it up? What, what, what do you mean I stink? You stink. Why don't you go take a shower? Let's go around the league. This is Quick Hit. This week, Alex, there's going to be another theme. I know you like it when I do this for do. Quick Hits. I do. So I'm going to ask you to power rank some different things. Oh. First up, this isn't just based off of standings or that, but I want you to power rank the NFC North division. <laughs> All right. Oh, and by the way, First down. we go at four to one or one to four? You pick. I'm going to go one to four because we know what one is. Yeah. The Minnesota Vikings are one. They're 10 and two. Another nice win yesterday for them. Uh, that kind of went down to the wire as well, right? I mean, they, they were playing the Jets. Uh, it was a five-point win, but a win's a win. And by the way, there's a certain team in the state of Wisconsin that didn't beat the Jets earlier this year. So Vikings are one. Everybody else is four. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I would I would probably go Packers two, Lions three, Bears four. But that two and three is a toss-up because the Lions can score points. And uh, as we've talked about in a past life of mine, I produced a day or a weekly show. Uh, starred on by Lions running back Jamal Williams. Um, so I am very biased when it comes to Jamal Williams and the success he's having leading the league in touchdowns this year. But I will still take the Packers over the Lions, and we'll find out. Second down. This weekend was the quarterback injury weekend, sure was. unfortunately. Sure was. As Jimmy G, he's out for the season for the 49ers with a foot injury. Yep. Um, you have Lamar Jackson. He's going to miss a few weeks for the Ravens. And then Matthew Stafford, he was put on IR. It looks like he's done for the year as well for the Rams. So I want you to power rank those three quarterbacks for their team that is going to be hurt the most by them missing hmm. uh, almost the rest of the season. All right, so number one is the uh, – oh, that's really tough because Tyler Huntley's solid. Uh, well, look, I'm going to go three to one here. So the team that will be hurt the least is the Rams. They're bad. Matthew Stafford is old. Um, they'll get a look, look into the future here. 
I, I, I look, the Rams season is already over, so they're they're dead last for me. No disrespect, Matthew Stafford obviously won the Super Bowl last year, but the Rams are not going to be affected given at least the rest of the year. I would probably go. This is tough. Good question with the other two. I'm going to go 49ers too because Jimmy G is a game manager, and I think you can get that out of hey Baker Mayfield's all of a sudden a free agent. So, look. I think if you can get Baker Mayfield to come to San Francisco and game manage, that's still a team that can make the Super Bowl. I feel very good about the 49ers' chances. Obviously, I feel less good. (laughs) That works as English. Um, Less good than I did 24 hours ago about the 49ers' chances. But I still feel pretty good about the team they've developed around them. Speaking of going all in, that's what the 49ers have done uh, with Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, etc. on the offense. So I, I think that's easier to plug and play than than replacing Lamar Jackson, who I, I don't want to call him the front runner, but he was certainly in the conversation for the MVP this year. Tyler Huntley's probably the best backup in football, though. But can he display that magic that he did a year ago? We will find out. So I will go Baltimore, the most affected by the quarterback injury, San Francisco too, and the Rams, who are basement dwellers anyway in the NFC West, uh, number three. Yeah. This leads perfectly into third down. Third down. I want you to power rank the most dangerous teams in the NFC playoffs to knock off right now the one seed, the Philadelphia Eagles. Just my personal thought, I would have put San Francisco one. Yep. But now that they may be kind of donezo, give me your top three most dangerous NFC playoff teams. All right, uh, that is not the Philadelphia Eagles? Correct. Okay, so obviously, yes, the Eagles are are one, but we'll leave them aside here. Uh, Behind them, I agree. I still think it's San Francisco, but we need to find out who their quarterback is, right? And uh, I'm blanking on the name who came in yesterday. Brock Purdy. Yeah, Brock Purdy, mystery relevant, right? He was the final pick in this last year's draft, but he still got a win yesterday. So it's tough for me to pick against San Francisco, who looks so potent and has gone all in and has, has put together a really nice team. I mean, they still beat Miami, who's not a slouch of a football team, by 16 points yesterday. So I will still put San Francisco number one. Um, I still, I, it's not that I have confidence in Brock Purdy. I have confidence in Kyle Shanahan. It pains me to do this, but I'm putting Minnesota number two. Um, it's a good football team. Again, a case of going all in. Defensively, offensively, they have the pieces. Minnesota's good this year. This is where it gets tricky. I mean, you got you should probably go Dallas, but I don't feel super confident. The Cowboys, sorry, Hunter, as you wear your, your uh, Cowboys quarter zip today, as uh, the Cowboys fan you are. It's my victory Monday for yeah, the Cowboys. It's also victory Monday for the Packers, but meh. I don't know how confident I am in the Cowboys. I don't think they're 49ers and Eagles level good. They're a good team. And it is any given Sunday for a reason, but I, I don't feel super confident in a third team in the NFC besides the Eagles, Vikings, and 49ers. Yeah, a good team that put up a 50-burger on another NFL team That's last true. night. That's true. Fourth down. So, fourth down, same question to the AFC, but now no Buffalo, no Kansas City, since they're the clear top two teams in that conference. Oh, you suck. Um, Cincinnati won. I like the Bengals a lot. I think they're I think they're figuring it out. Um, beat the Chiefs yesterday, obviously, so that's helping their resume as well. I will go Cincinnati one, looking to get back to the Super Bowl for the second straight year. <laughs> I hate you. Uh, I'll go Miami too, I guess. 
But, like, they didn't look super convincing against a good defense yesterday. But overall, I like Mike McDaniel. We talked about this last week a little bit. I am obsessed with Mike McDaniel. Like, my TikTok feed is just full of Mike McDaniel right now. Most fun coach in the NFL. He's awesome. I I mean, he's just an absolute nerd, and he's amazing. Uh, There was a good piece on ESPN yesterday that you can find on my Twitter. I tweeted about it, at Alex underscore Strofe on Twitter. I just love this dude. Uh, So Mike McDaniel, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt, go two. Baltimore three, but that Lamar Jackson injury scares me. So those will be my top three. I'll go Cincinnati, Miami, Baltimore. There you go. So that's uh, that's the NFL quick hits. Wow, my brain is running in circles right now. Huh. Anyway. All right. Uh, yeah. So we will wrap up next. I want to talk Marquette Badgers. The basketball game that happened on Saturday went to overtime. You and I were both there. You're a Marquette fan. Uh, I represented the Red. Uh, the, the Cardinal and White. Um, great seats, great game, great atmosphere. Got to give props to Marquette on something, and I will do that next. It's the High Noon Hour right here on ESPN Madison. More football reactions, more High Noon. The High Noon Hour with Alex Strofe continues next on 100.5 ESPN and Wisconsin On Demand. We're here on ESPN Madison. I'm Alex Strofe with you live from the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios. Just want to recap uh, the basketball weekend that was. You know me. I love me some college hoops. Do we uh, have to? Yeah, we have to. Uh, great game over at Pfizer Foreman, Milwaukee on Saturday. But I want to get to a couple more of your responses um, on the old National Bank talking text line as we talk about the potential of Aaron Rodgers retiring after this year. We, we heard him say a bunch of things. We went through a bunch of audio earlier. If you missed any of today's show, you can find it at WisconsinOnDemand.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Just look up High Noon Hour, or you can look up my name, Alex Strofe. It'll pop up. And Hunter, just uh, that small clip we've been playing all day. You mind sprinkling that in one more time for us? There's got to be mutual uh, desire on both sides. So I read way too deeply into that comment, as we tend to do with the quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. And I'm just concerned. It, it just sounds like a guy that knows, right? He kept saying, you never know when it'll be your last time playing at Soldier Field. It sounds like a guy who thinks he may have played his last game at Soldier Field. Uh, Lane and DeForest chimes in, let Rodgers go. I'm tired of the drama. Try and get Jimmy G next year. Um, you know what? Jimmy G or Jordan Love? Hunter, real quick. Jordan Love can't afford Jimmy G. Interesting. Uh, I tend to agree with that, for the record. Uh, I'd like to try something new rather than... And it's not his fault, but he's been injury-prone. Um, but he's a good quarterback when he plays. But I'd love to try Jordan Love for a year if Aaron Rodgers does retire. All right, real quick. Uh, Badgers winning over Pfizer for him over Marquette, the in-state battle. Uh, Chucky Hepburn was terrific until he left with an injury, then re-entered in the game. For the second time, this estimate comes up in the clutch. First time he's done it offensively. Saw it against Dayton defensively earlier this year. Um, but I, I got to say, this is my first time in Pfizer for a Marquette game. And what a terrific game experience Marquette Athletics puts It's on. an underrated game experience it, in college basketball. I, I had a blast. And obviously Marquette's a basketball school. Um, I believe they spend maybe the most of any school in the country on yeah, the basketball program. Um, but, man, I had a blast. And um, I was sitting in the uh, humble brag here. Free tickets dropped in my lap. I was sitting seventh row, uh, just about center court. So it was, these, I was in awesome seats. And they have the flames for the player intros and the student sections on on both baselines uh, yelling F Wisconsin. 
and uh, it was it was just terrific. I had I had a blast at Pfizer Forum. Really fun college basketball experience, and uh, obviously the game was just awesome so fun regardless of who you were cheering for uh, i was with several marquette fans and i kept saying to them you know like i'm just hoping for a good game and we certainly got one uh it goes to overtime badgers win by i think it was three in overtime yeah 80 to 77 yeah look at you it's burned into your brain you marquette yep. fan uh but no had an awesome time awesome win for the badgers and you know this is a resilient team right like they're gonna they're gonna bring it home on defense uh offense they're not always going to be terrific Chucky Hepburn was awesome on Saturday. He could not miss. He was six for six to start the game. I think five of five from outside to start the game until he went to the locker room. Tyler Wall was solid. Um, you know, Connor Sejan again was really good off the bench for, for the Badgers. So this is a team where, again, I think the expectations at the beginning of the season were all right, middle of the pack in the Big Ten, get like a nine or a 10 seed in the NCAA tournament. You're happy with that. This, again, is looking like a team that could be top four in the Big Ten. They might get that double bye in the Big Ten tournament. Yeah, and, and you know, maybe like as high of a 3-4-5 seed in the tournament. So I, I am really intrigued by this Badgers team. Gutsy, gritty win against Marquette, the in-state rival, on Saturday. And uh, if you've never been to a Marquette basketball game like I have not been, I highly recommend. Terrific game experience. I had an awesome time at Pfizer Forum. And the good news also, uh, Wisconsin Volleyball going to be playing Marquette next September at the Pfizer Forum. That came out over the weekend as well. So uh, there's your opportunity to go see some volleyball at Pfizer Forum. For Badgers Athletics. Hockey win. Big hockey win over Michigan. Get the bowl game announced. Uh, the volleyball team wins their first two matchups in the uh, NCAA tournament. They're into the Sweet 16. So Great, great weekend to be a Badger, which I'm not. I'm an honorary Badger, but great weekend to be a Badger if you are one. Thanks so much for hanging out with us today here on the High Noon Hour. We've got Jim Rutledge and myself coming up next. I'm with you till 4 o'clock. So continue to hang out with us live right here on 100.5 ESPN. If you're listening on the podcast, we'll talk to you next week. This has been the High Noon Hour.